Good morning, Lydia House. It's good to be together. In fact, the Bible encourages and urges us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some. So thank you for coming. It's wonderful to gather together, to love one another, and together encourage one another in the love of the Lord. And how's this for a sanctuary? Isn't this beautiful today? It's wonderful to be outside uh, among the trees, God's creation. So here we are gathered together. We are here in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you. It was your idea, Father, that your people would gather together to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to be healed, to be enlightened, to be directed, to be challenged. We pray that all of those things would happen this morning and wherever your people are gathering together throughout the world. We pray for those places where people are gathered and they're under a threat and they could be found out. We pray for the persecuted church. You tell us to think of ourselves as with them in prison. And so we pray for those in Iran, in Nigeria, in India, in China who are suffering. We stand with our brothers and sisters and pray for them. We're free. We're enjoying the day, but they aren't. They're, they're struggling. And so have mercy on them. Those who have lost loved ones, we pray that you would give them comfort in the resurrection. And we bless our time here together in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's do some worship. You can stand, you can sit, you can use your hands. It's a great hymn. Great is thy faithfulness. Ready. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. Great, great is thy faithfulness. 
Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. The splendor of the King, the splendor of the King. Whoa, robed majesty. Let all the world rejoice, all the world rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and tremble at his voice, and tremble at his voice. How great is our God. Oh, sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age he stands, and time is in his hand. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, how great is our God. Oh, sing with me how great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. You're the name above all name you are worthy of all praise and my heart will sing how great is our God you're the name you're the name above all name you are worthy of all praise and my heart will sing how great is our God, how great, how great is our God, and sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our shout some things out and you shout them out if there's something that you want to shout out about God you go ahead and shout it right where you are the mic will pick it up you are great in compassion toward us we marvel 
You're not so sensitive that you get hurt by what we do wrong. You overcome evil with good. We thank you for your unending compassion. We thank you that you are generous. My, how you pour out your mercy upon us. You are generous to your children. We're so grateful that we are recipients as your kids of generosity. You share your inheritance with us, Jesus. That's way beyond. We marvel at that, that you would share your very inheritance with us. You are the firstborn. You deserve it, and yet you give it to us, and we give thanks. We love your plan. It's being carried out in the earth. And in this season, when we see so much destruction, so much danger, so much killing, it can bring fear. We pray that you would settle the hearts of those who belong to you. Give them peace in this time because you are the God who is in control. This doesn't throw you for a moment. You are very much in charge. You will have your way. We thank you for that. Isaiah, come and lead us. That's right. Thank you, Father, for this time of worship together. Everybody, just stand in a posture. If you're standing, just put your hands out for a little bit. I'm just going to pray really quick a blessing over our time together so continue to worship. Father, I ask that you would bless us now with your shalom, with your complete and total rest and wholeness, God for each person here. We want to see you, we want to see you move, and we want your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for dwelling with us. Thank you, God, for protecting us and providing for us. You are our provider, and we want to give you thanks now with our complete and total heart and soul and spirit, God. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 
Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring in power, and he's fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, yes, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Yeah, every knee will bow before him. Come on, sing out in the spirit now. Thank you, Lord, for every blessing, every blessing, Lord. stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? No one. Well, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Yeah, who can stop the Lord? Sing it out into the hills. Yeah, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain, the sins of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before him. But who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Yeah, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Yeah, who can stop the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. gonna stop him nobody. that's right amen, amen. ain't nobody gonna stop him he is strong i stand before you with a new son an infant son we had no idea we were gonna have a son and i want to just thank everybody at lydia house for being so generous um welcoming him into the world so bless you victor and bless lydia house for making us feel at home yeah let's let's introduce him come on up Victor James Hunziker. That's right. <laughs> so we're just gonna pray for Vic. Can we pray for Victor really quick? Can somebody lead a prayer? Put out a hand for Victor and just pre-baby dedication prayer. Church. Anybody can lead that.
Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to the Hunsinker family. Number five, my, we thank you that you have uh, used them to bring children in the world that will make a difference in society. And we, we say to you, Victor James, that you will make a difference. You will, you will not be one who will stand in the background and watch things happen, but you will be one who makes things happen. You will be a doer, not just a thinker. You will be a doer. You will be an activist for righteousness. So get ready, chap. You've got a big assignment ahead of you. And we bless mom and dad. We bless you that God will give you wisdom, Laura and Isaiah. We pray that God will grant you what you need to raise these kingdom movers. We, we've already seen it. We've seen it in Gideon. We want to hear from Gideon sometime this morning. We've already seen it. He, he wants to proclaim the message. And so we pray that Victor James would have his own message to bring as well as his brother Gideon. Gideon will be pushing you. We want you to know, Victor James, that you, you'll have to put up with some things, but uh, God's with you and puts you in a great family. Amen. Yeah. You can say something. Lord is the good. Lord is good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always here to help us and uh, Jesus, he's he's the one who who made the universe, and he made us. Mhm. You're right, man. He he made every different kind of plant. He made trees. He made birds. Mhm. Mhm. He's the King of Kings. Yes, indeed. He's got that right. Yes. And he made oh, trees for wood. Mm-hmm. Would you want to pray for your brother? Pray for your brother, Victor James, okay? Can you say a little prayer for him? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he's... Dear Jesus, we, we, we want you to take care of my brother. Mm-hmm. He's... he's He um he he really um he's really sweet, so you gotta protect him. That I mean that. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Church. Appreciate that. This is called "Canvas in the Clay." It's a newer worship song, I think. I don't know if anybody's really heard it, but it goes like this. I'll lead you into that. Breath, 
When I doubt it, Lord, remind me that I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. You make all things work together for my future. Yes, and for my good, you make all things work together for your glory. Yes, and for your name. There's a healing light Yet just beyond the clouds Though I've walked through fire I see clearly now I know nothing has been wasted And no failure or mistake You're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay you make you make all things work together for my future. Yes, and for my good. You make all things work together for your glory. Yes, and for your name. You make all things work together for my future yes and for my good you make all things work together for your glory yes and for your name hallelujah doubt it lord remind me i'm wonderfully made you're an artist and a potter i'm the canvas and the clay i know nothing has been wasted and no failure or mistake you're an artist and a potter i'm the canvas and the clay and you make all Nothing has been wasted and no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay.
Jesus. Oh, for everything you're doing. Oh, thank you for this time to worship. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. Oh, you're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. Oh, no, you're not finished with me. Sing out. You're not finished with me yet. You're not finished with me. You're not finished with me yet. Amen. You're not finished with me. You're not finished you're not finished with me yet amen hallelujah praise god have a seat people hey when Stephen blake can't be here we'll just use johnny cash huh <laughs> pretty wonderful thank you isaiah and family Gideon, thank you for your word. We always love it when you share a word with us. We had a special time yesterday, and Chris, I want you to come up and uh, share with us because we feel a call to stay involved with some people that came here a week ago, Friday, for our unity prayer meeting, Dr. Charlie and his wife, Lindsay. And they have a call on their life. They were pastors down in the Bloomington area. And God led them with all this, uh, the rioting and the destruction that was taking place in the middle of the cities. God called them to move right in there and go to work. And so they've been working in that place. And uh, you might have even seen some of the uh, YouTube or Facebook, the baptisms that have been taking place. He said there have been hundreds that have come to Christ. And they left last night, get this, for Portland. And then they're going to Seattle. And so we really have to be praying for Charlie. They led what took place yesterday. So can you share a word about that? It was very exciting to be with uh, Paul and, and two, 300 other people down there doing a prayer worship march from the burned, is that the burned out Kmart all the way down to the, the Floyd M Memorial? And uh, we, it was powerful. Anytime you're out worshiping and, and in the street in unity, it, it, I mean, people literally loved I mean, it. They we were, loved we it. were followed yeah. by uh, following a pickup truck that was blasting away, and we were singing with them, shouting the praises of the Lord for the whole march it was incredible Kristen was with us Kristen darpa she's uh, uh i don't know how to describe what you are 
you're you're more you because I, I wouldn't say enough but she's an evangelist she 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 has prophetic ministry she's doing a lot uh come you come because you were there with us you were you were with us what stay stay in here chris yeah what what was your what was your experience from yesterday uh it was it was just really powerful i mean you're declaring praying prophesying over the land out in public and just having a public display of worshiping jesus i mean we're kind of making a spectacle of ourselves in a really good way and uh, we know it's shifting atmospheres i was talking with a local pastor friend of mine there and he said he lives right in that area and he said since a lot of the riots and things happened they thought it would get back to normal and it actually didn't they're actually seeing an increase in um, crime and and deaths and things like that in in the area, which I didn't know, uh, but he lives there, so he's telling me about drug deals going on in front of his house and people he know who, he know who's died as we're marching. So he's like, we need to do more things like this. Anytime we can worship, we can pray, we can shift the atmosphere. Then that's gonna that's gonna change things. And he's saying people are saying Minneapolis, it's just it's time to kind of get more chaotic. And he's saying, no, I don't agree with that. It's, it can go back. It can be even better than it was. So yesterday, I think, is a prophetic sign of what, uh, what the Lord's doing. People dancing with flags and just uh, prophesying over the land was really powerful. And I knew you, Christian, when you were teaching at the house. Some of you know about the church called The House down in the south end of town, Egan maybe. Uh, and, and now you are stepping out into... Uh, I have a curriculum I've written that's a Bible-based interactive activation Bible curriculum where we take every kingdom principle you can think of and we put it on one page that anybody in the world could do, experience, teach, and activate in their life within 20 minutes. And uh, so we were condensing a whole year's worth of ministry school training into a once-a-week 12-week course that then we're launching schools of ministry all over the world. So I'm piloting. A new school starting September 17th that's online uh, that anybody can be a part of. But then the hope is to plant discipleship, discipleship-based schools all over the world in, in jails, in you know, public schools, in businesses, and just get... It's not the special people that can do the special stuff. We're all God's special kids, and we can all do the special stuff. So we're just going to unpack it and give it to people. And then in our free time, we do miracle crusades in cities and gather tens of thousands of people and see entire high schools come to Jesus and see, you know, see people walk who never walked before and blind eyes open and tumors fall off. A year ago, we were watching kids run who had never run in their life before in uh, Brazil. So we also do mass crusades around the world if anybody ever wants to come. Amazing. And so how do we get in touch with you? You got anything with you today? I can give you my information. I don't have any cards, but I have, uh, I'll give you my... Yeah, put it on the table, and uh, good to have you with us. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to say this. Um, as, I, as we were walking and, and walking into the, the area around 38th Street, around the Floyd Memorial, it's incredible. The police don't go there. They have their own uh, armed security. And, and we uh, saw them walking yeah, through. And, and yeah, and I interviewed one guy named Mayor, a uh, Christian brother. And that's what I saw. We saw uh, Black Lives Matter people get on their knees. We got on our knees at one point to pray, not as a protest. And it was powerful. I saw some Black Lives Matter people do that. I, uh, it was really calm down there. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, and when I, we know, as uh, Paul said, Lindsay and uh, Charles are flying to 
They were in Portland last night, and they're going to inner cities all around the country. So we really want to pray for them and support them. So we're Absolutely. praying about how we could do that here. And um, uh, we don't want to see, as, as bad as the crime rate has increased in Minneapolis, we believe that the church, and we saw that yesterday, a manifestation of the church being out there praying, uh, interracial church. Some of them joined us. Other and, people joined us. Yeah, and we saw that there's going to be a big difference between Minneapolis and Portland. And um, so we need to keep praying because Charles brought up that uh, Keith Ellison, the attorney general here, may have done an overreach on trying to get murder one or two. And uh, if that doesn't go through on the police officer, it's, there's, uh, they're expecting a new round of violence. So we, but we could stop that, as, as our sister was saying, by our prayers and by unity. And so if we could be praying that we do not turn in to uh, you know, how Minneapolis was and how Portland has been for 60, 70 days. So let's keep praying for that, okay? Thank you. It's good to yeah. be with you yesterday, Chris. I enjoyed that. So we have an offering box, not a plate, but a box if you want to share. And if you want to make a gift out to uh, uh, Charlie and Lindsay, they've already left for Portland, you could make it out to Lydia House, and we will see that it goes on to them. And I, uh, I feel strongly with Chris that we are, we are called to do that. So we will. Good to be outside. And I'm thrilled today because my brother-in-law, who is very close to my wife, uh, if there are favorites in the family, he would be one of them, of, of Karen's. Um, of course, she loves all of them. But uh, if I didn't love more, I'd, I'd feel like I was in competition with him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I love Steve, and he's going to share a message. I've, I've read it, and I've, I've looked at it, and uh, it's a really good message. So let's pray. Pray for Steve. Do you want to do you, do you hold this? Or you can hold this, or you can. We can give you a clip-on if you want. You can have a clip-on, then you wouldn't have to hold anything. Would that work for you? Tim will. Tim will bring one for you. So I'm going to pray while he does that. Thank you, Father, for my brother Steve, who has paid the price to walk in your anointing. We thank you for your hand upon him. We thank you for the message he gives to us today, an important message on how to live when things are not easy, when things are hard, when things are harder than we thought they would be. I pray that you would give him grace to give it and give us grace to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Steve. So close. We're like... You know, we have the advantage of being related, but it's almost closer than a brother. Don't tell my brother, Mark. Because <laughs> sometimes, no, Mark and I get along really good, too. And Paul, he's, he's just like family. We're so close. It's great. Um, I'm going to hold this. I always get people when I say, you know, I think I have COVID-19. Oh, sneezes coming on! Everybody clears the room. It gets it really clears the room fast. I don't know why, but you know it's great. But anyway, we're far enough apart, so I'm just going to do this for now. Afterwards, when I talk to you, I'll probably put it back on. But um, we're 
caring for mom and dad, so just trying to be extra careful. That's where Karen is right now. Karen, Karen is Karen there. Naomi. She wants to be out here, but she's helping. And they her. are watching. In fact, we were watching uh, until I came down here, uh, and it was a wonderful thing, you know, uh, blessing for little uh, Victor, it is, and oh, that was so cool. But I had to remark about Paul saying, oh, he's like a favorite brother. I said, no, 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 not at all. When my little Rebecca first heard the story about Joseph and a, cho and a, and a special coat and how brothers, you know, uh, he was a favorite, he threw him in the pit and everything, sold him to Egypt and all that, she said, don't tell Rachel and Sarah that I'm your favorite. <laughs> Look what happened. You know, so she was. So we haven't told anybody. <laughs> well, uh, today I asked Paul to print off my sermon in English because our printer's not working. It was half in Japanese, and I was searching like through this happening. What's the next English word down here, and where do I go here? And so Betty said, "Why didn't you do that a lot earlier? You know, and 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 save yourself all that suffering." Well, I said, honey, that's what my whole theme is about this morning, <laughs> suffering. So I got to get into it, you know. But uh, Paul said he read it, but he just read the Japanese. You know, he's very humble. You know? <laughs> but today, I want to talk about suffering, not because I like it so much, but because <laughs> it is so important for understanding of God, who he is, and who we are. Because at the outset, I've had so many people come up to me and say, you know, if God was really loving, he wouldn't have allowed my mother to die on me. And uh, I don't go to church anymore because uh, those people are, are awful. Uh, they claim to be Christian, and, and I hate them. You know, they hurt me and everything, cause me suffering. And so I want to get to the point of suffering. Where does it come from? What causes it? And where are the sources? And when I grew up in Japan, you know, as you know, my parents are missionaries there. Uh, I heard a lot of uh, the Japanese people, you know. Um, they claim to be scientific and everything, and they are. They're one of the most scientific people in the world. But it's sort of like we've got science here, we have religion over here. And uh, in that religion, they have a hodgepodge of superstitions as well as other religions, you know. But I always heard this, if something went bad, doesn't that just sound like <laughs> it's, it's, I got a bachi on me. <laughs> yeah, and that's what bachi means. It means a, like a bad thing, you know, like a bad karma or a, I'm being punished. God remembered what I did, and so I'm getting punished for it, you know. Or the fates or something, you know, it's coming around to me. Uh, or in India, you'll hear, oh, it's karma, you know, it's uh, this cycle that I'm on and I can't get off, and it's all, not just this life, but the past life, all that's catching up on me. Uh, and we hear it in our culture, too, more and more, karma, you know? Or uh, in, uh, in, in Buddhist circles, well, it's because of thirst, and uh, because we want to have more than we can have, we're not satisfied with, you know, what we have, and which, is, which is true, you know, in Christian circles, I mean, John the Baptist said, be satisfied with your wages, you know, don't ask for more. I mean, that's a, a wise philosophical thought. But where, what are some of the sources for suffering? And uh, I've got five fingers, and I'm going to go over five things that come to my mind. There may be others. One is this. What? Myself? 
I'm a good Christian. I don't cause suffering. It's, it's, it's not everybody else. It's from everywhere else, you know, the devil or wherever. But no, that's probably the biggest source of our suffering right here. Yeah, it's, it's my, my own fault. And uh, the Japanese, I have to bring this in, they have a great phrase, mi kara deta sabi. No, that's easy, right? As you all know, me, actually, me means me. <laughs> sabi is rust. Deru means to go out. So the rust that comes from me, out of me, is because I sat out in the rain, I did all this bad stuff. It's just your own darn fault, as they say, you know? So um, it's interesting. I did a lot of interpreting when I was in Seattle, especially in the medical field. And I would see so many people would come to the doctor with an ache or pain or something. And they'd want a magic pill to make it all go away. And the doctor would ask some questions about, what's your lifestyle? Do you drink? Yeah. Smoke? Yeah. Drugs? Well, I try not to so much. Uh, well, how about overeating? Now it's getting close to, closer to home, right? <laughs> overeating stress from life, you know, lack of exercise, it's such a pain. And sleep, I can't help it, I can't sleep well. You know, all these things will build up to maybe cause a trouble in our bodies. It always comes out somewhere in your bodies, you know? And we all have that, you know? Some people, oh, it's the gut, or some people it's a headache, or I always get a sore throat is the first thing that hits me. But it will come out somewhere. And um, most of us just want a quick fix. We don't want to change our lifestyle. That's too much of a pain, right? I know I should exercise more. I'm, the doctor said my cholesterol's way up and my heart condition. And, oh my gosh, but you know, then I'd have to eat all that awful stuff, you know? Like the Wizard of Id, he says, uh, he went to the doctor, came back, and his wife said, what, well, what did he say? He said, I got to eat better, eat good stuff and stop eating bad stuff. Well, how do you know the difference? Well, he said, if it tastes good, spit it out. <laughs> Paul knows that, too. He's got all this kale and everything. You know, it's like, yeah, you put up with it, right? But it's a pain. It's a pain to do it right, you know? But then the guy gets a heart attack, and wow, is that a pain. That's a wake-up call. And finally, you know, he had exercise and diet and all this kind of stuff. Is a real pain up this high, this bad? And, uh, and heart attack or something, oh yeah, well, it's not gonna happen. I feel fine, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna feel so very little pain down here. So he doesn't change. All of a sudden, kawump, <laughs> the pain of the heart attack is so much more than the pain of changing, and he starts changing. That's how we all are, sad to say. I know I tend to be the same way. But, so pain, though it's unpleasant, if we didn't have pain, we all know it would be terrible. People that can't feel a, a, a rock in their shoe and, they walk and it's all bloody in the evening when they take it off, it's a horrible thing to not have pain. Yeah, it tells us we need to do something different. Now, not just in our bodies, but our spirit and our soul as well, we need to be attuned to the pain. And it's a good thing. You know, when I feel a pain between, say, my wife and I, we had some kind of argument, I try to think, what is it? Why did she get so upset about that? You know, she shouldn't have got so upset about that. You know, but then I think, okay, it's because of this, this deeper thing, and I promised her this, and I didn't do it, and that's about the 28th time or whatever it is, right? And finally I realize, okay, then that's why it's causing it. So then we do uh, change our ways because that's a greater pain 
than not changing. But mainly with myself, what is it that causes my pain? It's my pride? It's my selfishness, self-centeredness? And all the ways of thinking that, that encounter, that it changes, and then from my thinking, bad thinking, my stinking thinking, comes my bad behavior as well. And that causes suffering. This was before COVID. I, I used to love to go to the sauna and um, meet all kinds of people and talk about the Lord or uh, different things going on in their lives or pray for them. One day, I saw a guy with a Japanese tattoo on his back. That just excited me, you know. I, so I'm kind of, kind of sneaking a peek, you know, and he's kind of like, what, are you a creep or something? Like, no, I said, <laughs> I could, he didn't do that. I said, I couldn't help but seeing your tattoo. I'm a Japanese interpreter. And oh, he said, that's great. And uh, so I said, yeah, um, I see that you, uh, that you have some interesting saying on there. It says, in, in the Japanese, no itami ni yotte manabu. And as we all know, that means <laughs> we learn through all of our pain. Isn't that interesting? Really good saying. Now, I thought I could improve on that a little bit. And I said, I would have said, subete no kurushimi ni yotte manabu koto ga dekiru. Agree? Nod your head there. Yeah, nod your head. Yeah, there you go. Took the words right out of your mouth, right? Okay. So we are able to learn through all of our suffering. We are able because we don't always do it. You see what I'm saying? I just say, eh, I hate that. Take it away, Lord, or whoever it is that's going to help me, right? I don't want to learn through it. But we should learn through it. That's so important. And it's not a reason for a suffering, but it's a way to redeem our suffering. And that's what the Lord is always trying to do. Okay? Now, when I visited my little one, she's, in, uh, she's trying to go to Nepal now. Uh, they were in Bangladesh, and they had to, because of COVID, be separate. My eldest daughter, Rachel, has been working for uh, World Vision. And so she went... My little uh, three-year-old Lydia, now is she four? Yeah, she, yeah, she turned four. Anyway, she said, Mama, she saw her on the Zoom, Mama, are you in Bangladesh? <laughs> no, I'm in Nepal now, honey. Where's that? <laughs> so they're hoping to get together again. But when we went to visit them at Christmas, we came in and said, Hi, Lydia, how are you? She says, fine, come with me. She brought us over to the Christmas tree, solemnly warned us, this is a no-touch twee. <laughs> oh, OK. I, I, I know the history now. They tried, sorry about that. They, they, of course, were playing with the ornaments and almost knocking it over or whatever. And so she warned us to be careful. Don't touch that tree. <laughs> I thought that's a very good uh, reminder. I think Lydia should have been there at the Garden of Eden, warning Adam and Eve, hey, this is a no-touch tree, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. But she would warn us, too. The Lord warns us, this is a no-touch tree. That's it's just this little area. But I want it, Lord, I want it. And we don't think of anything else but that thing that you were told you can't touch it. You can't eat this. 
You can't do this. Then you want to do it more than ever. You know what I mean? Satan asked Adam and Eve, uh, a no-touch tree. <laughs> Did God really say that? You know, it's probably fake news, right? Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much stuff on the internet, it's really hard to, we have to be discerning. And Satan said, ah, he didn't really mean it. He's just saying that because he he's jealous. He doesn't want you to be smart like him and have all the privileges, right? It's not a no-touch tree. Try it. You know, God's just a cosmic killjoy. He doesn't want you to have fun, and, you know. So anyway, everybody's doing it. Whoops, he says, I guess it's just you two here right now, but I'll use that later on all your descendants. Everybody's doing it. You know, what's the harm? Live a little, right? Don't be one of those fuddy-duddy Christians that can't do nothing. So, you're, and you're special, see? I mean, you say, you complain, you say, yeah, but every time they did that, they had terrible consequences. Ah, that's them. You're special. You're different. You're, you know, protected. You're better. All these stupid deceptions, right? Yeah. But then what do we do? We go and we disobey God and just try a little bit. That's all. You try it too. I'm fine. Nothing, nothing wrong. And so we eat from the no-touch tree, right? And what happens? We get a stomachache. Oh, this is awful. We complain, and you know what we do? We say, God, what did you do this to me for? You're a bad God. I don't like you. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to go to church. Forget it. We get mad at the very God who warned us. Ridiculous. Well, pretty much. People want to blame God for everything, right? It's better than blaming yourself. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's funny because uh, I would sometimes warn my little kids, now eat over your plate so you don't spill. And then I went and spilled. They, go, they look at me and I said, oh, yes, I know. I, <laughs> I do the same <laughs> but I'm human too. But we want to blame somebody else, right? Okay, now what would happen if you saw some guys driving along here at Lydia Street, he ran into the telephone pole there, he got out, and he shakes his fist at God, and he says, God, why did you let this happen to me? This is terrible. You're supposed to control everything, right? And you let this happen to me. We'd say, he's crazy. Now, usually people don't go that crazy, but if something happens... You see people get this idea of, oh, God's omnipotent, uh, omniscient. He can do everything. Therefore, he should, if he doesn't, he should control everything and make life easy for me. You see, that is a fundamental problem, especially with us Christians. We say providence. God does everything, and he's, he's in control. But no, he has decided to let go of our control and give us some freedom, you see? And when we abuse that freedom, we have the consequences and we should not blame him. That is one of the biggest problems we Christians have. You'd think a person going to the doctor, you know, and they have a, a cancer or problem, 
He yells at the doctor, what's wrong with you? You're supposed to prevent all this stuff. You're a bad doctor. He'd say, he's crazy, right? Wow, it's the same thing we do to God. But then finally, we don't want to blame ourselves, but finally we say, yeah, I guess it's all my own fault. You know, drugging and drinking and smoking and, and just doing crazy junk. And uh, I'm worthless. In fact, Satan whispers in their ears, you'd be better off dead. You are just taking up too much space. And he tries to get them to take their own life by their own hands and tries to convince them that the world would be better off. That's a horrible thing. So you see the extreme they go to, blaming God and blaming themselves and turning inward and maybe at worst getting depressed. You know? And if it gets bad enough, maybe harming themselves. But God never, never puts you down and says you're worthless. No. You are worth more than anything. That's why he gave his own son to die for you. If you were the only one here on earth, he would have died and saved you. So he is always, you know that's from the devil, but God is always whispering to you, come back to me and repent, and you will have a better life than you can imagine. Don't listen to Satan's lies. So first, we need to confess. That's saying, agreeing with God. Yep, I screwed up. I'm wrong. I did bad. God, forgive me. I am sorry. So then you repent and you ask God for forgiveness and he will forgive you. And then finally, we need to resolve never to do it again. You know, we get this easy grace. Ah, oh, he'll forgive me. He'll do it again. He'll forgive me. No, resolve never to do it again and, and work out a plan to keep you from doing it. Build hedges around you so that you have a protection and you don't go too close. They say an alcoholic will be so tied to the drink so that if their daughters, he's about to open the tab to drink his beer, okay? But if the daughter falls down the steps, he will first open the tab, take a drink, and then go save the daughter. Isn't that terrible? That's how we get addicted to sin. But we need to be, have a plan. And they say, so get rid of all your alcohol go to AA meetings, have a hedge around you, whatever your sin problem is. We all have different problems, and the devil knows where it is. But resolve to never do it again, make a plan, and then finally make restitution where it is warranted. Make up for it. Okay, so the first reason is me, right? Okay, the thumb, let's all do that. The thumb goes into me, all right? Now, the second reason, okay, is this. Who am I pointing at? You. Other people. Go point at other people. <laughs> you know, my mother said, don't point at other people. When you do, you have three fingers pointing at yourself, which is right. Three times more reason that it's my own fault rather than somebody else's. But, you know, that is a fact. You know, drunk drivers run into innocent people. It's not fair. Why should I have to suffer for the sins of other people? It's not fair. It's true. It's not fair. My kids used to complain, well, Rachel got to do it. How come I can't do? It's not fair. And mom would say, that's right. 
life is not fair. Life is not fair. And this is a special situation. We can't, we try to make everything fair, but we're not always possible. And so people complain to God, say, you're a bad God. You're letting bad people do bad things to innocent people. And it happens all the time. And we should cry about it. <laughs> it's true. That's part of suffering, you know? But all the racial tension, all the unfairness, you know, of, of, of powerful people abusing their power toward people that don't have power, whoever it is. They say power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's true. Life is not fair. But God's going to work it out in the end. There will be uh, fairness, and there will be a restitution in the end. Now, in the meantime, you are called to be strong, not curse those who hurt you, but bless them. <coughs> Do the opposite. Be a strong warrior. You might, if you're in the battlefield and the other Nazis are, are totally wrong, you know, and you get hurt, well, that's not fair. But we are in a warfare, and there's going to be some injuries. We're called to sustain those and not complain to the general, oh, I stubbed my toe, you know, this ain't fair. I was supposed to have it easy here on Earth and, you know, relax with a drink and club med. No, that's not where we are. It's not going to happen. You're going to be totally frustrated if you think that's where, what God's supposed to do, make it easy for you. It, it's never going to happen until we get to heaven. Okay, now, this is very important. Remember, God does not want us to suffer. Yeah, well, then why doesn't he take it all away? Good question. God does not want to suffer. Evil is never his will. He never caused or willed the Holocaust to happen, for instance. That was the devil. That was evil. That was man, you know, doing the most evil thing that the devil could inspire in his head. Things like that. But we are called to fight against evil. To hate the evil, but love the sinner. Very important distinction. But God, from the beginning of, of uh, history, decided to give us a very precious gift, but very dangerous. You know what it is? Anybody know? Free will. Free will. We can do good or we can do evil. Others can do good and do evil, and we can suffer for it. Now, God could have said, you know what? I'm just going to program them so they'll always do good. They always say they love me. They always, you know, do the right thing. Now, what if you had kids like that? Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I would love it. But would you ever know when they said, Daddy, I love you? Mommy, thank you. You're the greatest. I tell my folks that every day. But it's not because I'm programmed to do that. Because I genuinely love them. And I enjoy being around them. I put my arm around Dad just a few minutes ago, and I was just sitting while I was reading this, and I'm going over it with him. I said, Dad, I am so excited to be with you every day. It's so exciting for me, because I love you so much, and it just really means so much to me. And he smiled and said, thanks, me too. You know, that was genuine. I wasn't 
programmed to do that, right? And when we say, God, I love you, he knows whether it's genuine or not. You know, it's not because we're programmed. But it's a very dangerous thing because we can go to the devil or go to God. We can go to others or we can go to ourselves. We can do good or we can do evil. And the world can get a, to be a, a messed up place. And it is in so many ways, but there are good too. There are good things as well. But it's not going to last forever. And we're called to endure just for a little bit. Now, remember the Sermon on the Mount? I think a lot of people uh, don't really see the significance behind that. Because he is talking about the people here that are suffering on earth, they will get their reward, if not in this lifetime, in the next. In fact, Jesus said, you who are rich and full, woe to you, because you have your reward. That's all you're going to get. Even those, I tell the Star Wars kids, you know, I said, remember that line, the first one that came out? He, this guy says, well, uh, uh, Han Solo says, well, what's in it for me? Where's the money? You know, he says, I don't know if we can pay you anything. Well, I don't want to do it. And she says, if money is all you want in life, then money is all you'll get. Important. Isn't that a good lesson? Yeah. But Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor. Why? For yours is the kingdom of God from now and forever. You have a huge inheritance, much more than just a few bucks that may be inflated and no, not worth much later. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied, truly satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Endure just a little bit. That's what I'm calling you to. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil, or reject the Lord's name as evil, or your name as evil, okay, because of the Son of Man, because you believe in Jesus, they will revile you. And it's hard. It's really hard to be excluded from a group, right? We need our groups to affirm us. And that's not wrong. But he says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Because why? Great is your reward in heaven. It's going to be right around the corner. Mom and dad probably a little sooner than us. We don't know, though. <laughs> we always joke and say, they're going to outlast all of us. <laughs> they are so strong. But it is a blink of an eye, and we'll be there. Now, after 9-11, I was in Seattle, and a local elementary school called and said, we have a lot of kids that are trying to sort this out. They don't understand what is this, what's happening, you know, or where is God in all of this? You know? And I saw one cartoon, 9-11 brought America to her knees, and it showed Uncle Sam kneeling in prayer. You know, that's what it should do. But I went to the elementary school, and of course you can't just preach openly about Jesus, but I said, this is, uh, I think what really helps is to say, I started out saying, I know there are many religions represented, there are people from all over the world, you know, and I said, I know, but let me give it, you my take as a Christian pastor, you see, now nobody can complain, right, this is what I believe, right, and so then I said, okay, this is what's happening, Imagine your classroom here, okay? And your teacher says, oh, sorry, kids. 
I just got called to the principal's room, and I'll be right back. But I want you all to do the work I assigned you while you're here on Earth, I mean, in the classroom, <laughs> and, um, and to get along with each other. So she leaves, and as soon as she leaves out the door, what happens? All the bullies take over. Yeah. And, and they, first of all, assign somebody to the window. Watch for Jesus return. I mean, watch for the uh, teacher coming back, right? <laughs> OK. And then the others get to work, you know, beating up the others, oh, subduing them. You know, somebody has to take control, of course. And, uh, <laughs> and then um, and the others are like trying to steal lunch money or, you know, you got to do my homework now. They pick the smartest ones, of course. And uh, just uh, picking on all the weaker ones. Does that sound familiar? You know, a microcosm of what's happening out there in the world? Suddenly the watchdog barks out. Teacher's coming! Everybody gets back to their seats, and the bullies put their halos on, start polishing it, you know, and comes back, and teacher says, well, kids, how did everything go? And bullies say, oh, just great. We were wonderful. Yeah. Some kids roll their eyes. But then she says, oh, that's so good. I'm so proud of you all. Now, let's turn on the video. <laughs> and everything comes out. I often would tell people, I think, you know, God doesn't need a video. He's got it all recorded up here. He's like a super computer just on steroids. It's just like everything. God remembers and records. But we're going to see our lives fast before our eyes, and we're going to be embarrassed. But for me, uh, knock on wood of the cross, <laughs> I have a good lawyer, Jesus. And he was able to delete certain parts. <laughs> where he forgave me, thank God. You know, or I would be toast. I'm terrible. So that's what I'm going to rely on. You know, maybe, I don't know what you're going to rely on. But, but someone might say, but in the meantime, why do we have to put up with these bullies? Why do I have to wait so long? Well, the reason is that if God were to zap us with lightning the minute we did something bad, how many of you would still be standing here? I know I wouldn't, <laughs> you know? I, I got to share this one. Betty said, take it out of your sermon. But I, somebody asked me once, you know, in the, in the creed it says, and he, then she shall come to judge the quick and the dead. And I said, he said, well, what does that mean? I said, you know what? Either you're quick or you're dead when God throws the lightning bolts going. Yeah, no, if you're alive or you're, you know, he's to judge all of us. We, we, we want to escape it. So <clears throat> be glad that he gives us time to repent. That's why I believe he tarries to give us a chance to repent and perhaps to have more people in his kingdom. You know, you got a new one here. Where is Victor? Somewhere. There's the one right there in your tummy. But yeah. There's new people being added to enjoy the love and joy of the master that are still coming. Even though evil continues, we are to persist so we can bring more into the fellowship of the kingdom, I believe. Now, what do we do about these people that hurt us? Jesus did something on the cross. What did he say? Father, forgive him for they know not what they do. And I always thought, wow, well, 
They didn't know how bad they were, but they kind of knew. This guy's totally innocent. And, you know, he didn't deserve this. Pretty much everybody knew that. But they didn't know how egregiously terrible it was, right? But how about then, do we have to forgive people who really knew what they were doing and they really stuck that knife in our back and twisted it? I shouldn't have to forgive them, right? No, you don't have to forgive them. But you're going to suffer for them because, guess what? One of my good friends, Lee Griffin, he said, whenever we shoot an arrow of revenge in somebody into their neck, the point is in their neck. But the back of that arrow is in our neck. We are stuck to them through that non-forgiveness. So you want to forgive so you can get that arrow out of your own neck. And they probably don't even feel any effects of the arrow. It's, it just goes like a duck off, a water off of duck's back, not duck off of water's back. <laughs> no, they don't feel it, you see? But you do. You will be harboring. So it, just for your own sanity, please forgive even though they don't deserve it. And they knew what they were doing. But the devil will use these kind of irritating people that bug us to bring us down, get us mad, lose control. But the Lord, on the other hand, will use those very same irritating people. How? Like a piece of sand in a shell of an oyster, irritating that oyster. It makes a beautiful pearl. It was hard, but look at the wonderful, beautiful result. When we give it to the Lord and forgive people, it's like the dross, you know, the impure metal being melted off our hearts, and we can present ourselves before the Lord pure and spotless, like pure gold. And that's what the Lord wants to do refine us like a bride. So he's saying, hang in there for a few more years. You may have to suffer. In this world, you will have tribulation. But be what? Of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Yeah. And you will have great reward in the end for it. It will be more than worth it. Because what does Paul say? Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We're heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ himself. If indeed we share in his sufferings, got it, in order that we may also share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are what? Not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Isn't that a wonderful promise and a reminder? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, but on the other hand, I've had atheists and philosophers saying, is God a killjoy? And is he a, a, a cosmic uh, moral monster? One of my favorite books is titled that, Is God a Moral Monster? by Paul Coban. You, you all read it. It's, it's wonderful, uh, apologetic on, you know, how about all this Old Testament God killing or slavery and all that stuff. Wonderful answers to it. You'll be very surprised. But anyway, if this was all there was to life, there's no heaven afterwards, then yeah, I would have a few questions. God, why did you just create us to be born, suffer, and die? Isn't there something more? But this time on earth compared to all of eternity is what? 
blink of an eye, so fast and so uh, quickly gone that we can endure. And we can look forward to those words. Pat on the back, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master, right? I will put you in charge of many things. See, what is that? Come and share in your master's happiness. A lot of us forget there are rewards in heaven. You know, I don't, and a friend of mine said, well, I don't need any rewards. I don't want any rewards. I said, good, that's the right attitude. <laughs> but there will be. If you have been put in charge of a few things and you have been faithful in spite of suffering, then you'll be rewarded in heaven with great responsibility and uh, a great authority and things to do there. We don't know what they are, but I believe there is a lot that he has to, uh, for us to do in all of eternity. And this is our training ground. Are we going to be faithful in a little or not? Then he knows he can trust us when we get to heaven. All right. Now we'll go very quickly in the other three. OK, this is what? Me. That is you, other people. Now the third one is the devil. We give him the third finger, but we point down, make it look good. <laughs> yeah, down to hell, right? That's where he comes from. That's where he belongs. There is a devil. Now C.S. Lewis once said, the problem with most people is either they don't believe in a devil at all. They say, ah, there's no such thing. Like, ah, that's mythological yeah, brain. But the other extreme is they say, oh, there's a devil under every rock. And oh, they're just so scared of everything. No. The middle ground is what the Bible tells us that we should be aware of. And we get a lot of uh, Bible verses that tell us. Be alert. You know, be sober and of sound mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring roar. Lion. That was for her. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, lion. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus, that was the best part of the sermon. Uh, looking for someone to devour, right? Resist him. Stand against, oh, uh, uh, be firm in the faith. And in another Ephesians, that was... Uh, 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, Ephesians 6, 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sometimes you go like, oh, I can't resist. This is too hard. But resist for a while, and he will flee, especially when you praise God. Go, oh, my gosh, I don't want him praising God. I'm getting out of here. The enemy knows your weakness. He knows mine. You know? What is it? Be prepared. He will attack your Achilles heel. Think, how is he going to do it? And how am I going to resist? Think ahead of time. I remember when I was in Japan, and I go by a, a, a karate dojo, you know? And they're going like, I don't know. I, I can't, I'm not a karate expert, you know, but they go like this. And they go like this. They go like this. And I'm going, that's so stupid. I mean, what, is like somebody going to attack them? And they go, wait, right there. Nyum, nyum. You know, what is that? But no, it's practicing over and over so that when the attacker comes, you don't even have to think. You're and done. Oh, my goodness. You know? And that's how we need to be spiritually practicing over and over. So when the devil comes at you, you go bam, bam, bam. 
I got my scripture verses. I got my people to call to help pray for me. I've got it in control, you see? Otherwise, he's going to blindside you. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Yeah, we need to be ready. How is he going to attack us? Socrates says, know thyself. We do need to know ourselves. We need to know our enemy and his tactics. But you know, what do we, who do we need to know even more? The Lord. The Lord and his resources for us. Never try it alone. Okay, it's starting to rain so quickly in the last four and five, and I'm running out of time. I have no idea. Okay, the last one, I'll just go very quickly. Okay, it's your fourth finger. Just go like this. It's the world. It, we live in a fallen world, and we just have to accept it. And I often tell people it's like being out in a, uh, in a wilderness training camp. And, and tough things are going to happen. You hate it. It starts to rain, you know, very inconvenient. <laughs> you know, God, I hate this. But guess what? You know that in a few weeks you get to go back to luxury and everything. And you know what? You guys know in a few years you get to go to luxury. No rain in heaven. It's great. Unless you like that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. He's going to protect the court. So then... And, and lawyers will say, oh, it's an act of God. Oh, poor God gets a bad rap, you know. <laughs> Can you imagine? All, how many people have been in an earthquake? Raise your hands. Okay, hurricane, typhoon. Okay. Uh, tornado. I've been close. Okay. Well, or maybe a pandemic, perhaps. <laughs> right. Well, these things are part of being in a fallen world. We need to help each other and take care of our world. And finally... Very quickly, because it's very small, little finger. Little finger stands for God. God does sometimes punish us and cause suffering to us. But it's for our own good. Mm -hmm. If I'm walking along and there's a tiger pit right about where you are, God sends thorns and my feet are aching. I'm really mad about it. But then I think, oh, maybe I'll get off. And I'm saved. A lot of people get mad at God. They fall in the tiger pit. And then who do they blame? God. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. So sometimes he does cause suffering, but it's always for our own good. Mm -hmm. So that's it. We're going to end with a prayer. Very quick prayer. Thank you. Father, we thank you for suffering, actually. Make us strong in it. If it's ours, we repent and we change our ways. If it's others, we bless them. We hate the evil and fight against it, but we bless them and redeem them. And Lord, if it's the devil, we put on the whole armor. And Lord, if it's the world, we help each other and we endure, be trained by you. And Lord, finally, if it's from you, help us to say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And turn from our path. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we say the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord look upon you with his favor, Giovanni, and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.